A select few survivors are tasked with colonizing and repopulating a new Earth. Strong female characters drive the action in this dystopian post-apocalyptic thriller. Georgia, one of several beautiful genetic exotics, dares to break free from the tightly controlled social structures that forces women like her into a life of sexual slavery and forbids all women to bear and raise their own babies. Enter the Hatchery. Chapter 41 Margaret Georgia followed Gerald's meticulous directions. He insisted that they wait at least three days after Roxy went back to school, five excruciating days since Joyce sent Georgia away. He explained that he needed to observe Roxy's school routine and give Joyce time to get complacent. Georgia had to stay holed away in the cramped garden shed while Gerald went about his day, cutting, stripping, and loading palms into his cart, running errands for Joyce, and reporting to the kitchen at breakfast, lunch, and dinner to pick up his meals. Joyce always fed him generously, which made it easy for him to pocket a few items to bring back to his guest. Gerald shared daily reports with Georgia about Roxy. She's always asking the missus about her mama, he told her. She still thinks you're coming back any day, off on some errand or other. She's all right, Georgia. She misses you, but she's all right. By the time Wednesday arrived, Georgia was in a flurry of anxiety and excitement. She couldn't wait to reunite with her daughter and make their way to safety in Sector C. After helping herself to some leftover scones and jam that Gerald smuggled in from his breakfast, she waited for him to get his cart. She climbed in quickly and put her hands over her face while he covered her with palm fronds. Satisfied that she was well hidden, Gerald pushed the heavy load from his shed all the way to the cut in the fence under the watchtower. He waited until the guard climbed down to use the restroom then coaxed Georgia out, directing her to hide in a patch of giant ferns, the same one she and Roxy had first peered out of months before, when they took their first look at Sector A, Cousin Phil's home. I'll be bringing a little bit here around 2.30. You'll have about 20 minutes till the freight train to Sector C pulls up. I'll be nearby and I'll come for you. I'll stow you both in my cart and load you into the rail car with the palms. Once the train makes it over the bridge, you'll be in Sector C. Expect to see some distillery workers get up on the cars and start unloading the palms. You and Roxy just blend in and do like they do. Follow them to the distillery. If they ask about Roxy, tell them she got in trouble at school and he had to take her to work for the day. Once you're at the distillery, just keep doing what the workers do. You'll catch on quick. He paused, rubbed his chin, 
then gave Georgia an awkward pat on the head. You'll be all right. Good luck. Thank you for everything, Gerald. I'll never forget you. Gerald shrugged, bobbed his head, and left Georgia in the ferns. He made his way back to the pink house, took a pinch of weed killer from his pocket, and mixed it into the loose tea Joyce kept in the cupboard above the teapot. He started to turn away, then turned back to add another pinch. For good measure, he mumbled to himself. He went about the rest of his day cutting and stripping palms and tossing them into his cart, pausing occasionally to check the time. He knew Joyce would leave the house around 1 p.m. to pick up Roxy from school, just after lunch recess. Joyce's arrangement with the principal allowed Roxy to spend the morning in the kindergarten class, where she would have to tolerate Miss Conklin, and trade for recess and lunch with her friends in the second grade. After lunch recess, Joyce would pick her up and take her home with a packet of materials the second grade teacher prepared for homeschooling. It was a tidy arrangement. Gerald made his way to the pink house at 12.45 p.m., apologizing to Joyce for being late for lunch. She was standing at the sink, bracing herself against it with one hand. The empty teacup was in the sink. Joyce rubbed her temples with the other hand. Y'all right, missus? Gerald, I have a terrible headache. I'm so sorry. I haven't made any lunch. I don't think I could eat anything. I'm a bit nauseous. Maybe you could help yourself to a sandwich? I'm sorry. I'm just not feeling... She started to wobble, and Gerald ran up to steady her. Oh, she gasped as waves of nausea overcame her. I, I think I need to lie down. Gerald held Joyce steady by the elbow and guided her to her bedroom. You just rest up. You want me to make you another cup of tea? No, no more tea. She pulled herself into a tight ball in her bed, shivering. Gerald, do you think you could run by the school to pick up Roxy? Sure will. Thank you. Please... Get me a piece of paper and a pencil. I'll have to send you with a note so that they'll allow Roxy to go with you. Gerald handed her a sheet of paper and pencil and waited while Joyce struggled to focus enough to write the note. When she was finished, he jammed the note into his pocket and rubbed his chin as beads of sweat formed at Joyce's hairline. She probably had a fever. I may have overdone it a bit with that second pinch of weed killer in her tea, he mused. You just rest up, missus. I'll keep Roxy with me for the day. She can help me out with the palms. Thank you, Gerald, Joyce murmured weakly. I'd best be going then. Don't you worry, just sleep this off. Gerald pressed the buzzer by the school office door. An older woman with gray hair neatly rolled into a tight bun at the nape of her neck answered it. May I help you? Name's Gerald. Miss Joyce sent me to pick up Roxy. 
He pulled the wrinkled note out of his pocket and held it out in front of the woman with the seriousness of a messenger serving a subpoena. Here's a note. The woman snatched the note out of Gerald's gnarled fingers while eyeing him suspiciously. Do you work for Joyce? Yes, ma'am. I'm the handyman round her place. Do odd jobs and errands. She's feeling poorly today. Asked me to pick up the little one and bring her back to the house. He looked over the woman's shoulder at Roxy, who was standing at the gate waiting for Joyce. She was holding her purple backpack in one hand and her matching lunchbox in the other. He pointed to her. That's her right there. That's Roxy, ma'am. He waved to Roxy, who looked up and smiled at Gerald, running toward the office. The woman stepped out of the office and bent to whisper something to Roxy as she pointed to Gerald. She carefully examined the handwriting and signature on the note. It looked like Joyce's handwriting. She shrugged and opened the gate, releasing Roxy to Gerald. Uncle Gerald, are you picking me up now? Just for today, Miss Joyce is resting at the house. She asked me to keep an eye on you. Are you going to take me home? Not yet, little bit. I got a surprise for you. How'd you like to see your mama? Roxy jumped up and down, nodding her head with enthusiasm. All right, then. Let's go. I'll take you to her. Roxy handed Gerald her lunchbox to carry so she could take hold of his free hand. The woman with the gray bun watched them suspiciously as they passed through the gate. Yes, it appeared that Joyce had provided the note, but something didn't sit right about this Gerald person. She thought she overheard him say he was taking Roxy to her mama. The way little Roxy reacted was odd. Joyce picked up her daughter every day since school started. Why would this child react like going home to her mother was such a treat? She hesitated for a moment, then picked up the phone and dialed the number listed as Roxy's home contact. She waited through five rings before the call went to voicemail. Hello, Joyce. This is Margaret at the school. No cause for alarm. I was just double-checking to see if you were all right about having a gentleman named... She glanced at the note. A man named Gerald picked Roxy up from school just now. I hope that's fine. Roxy seemed to recognize him, and he had a note that looks like it's in your handwriting. Call me back when you get this message. She hung up the phone and stepped outside the school office. That's when she realized that this Gerald person was walking Roxy in the opposite direction of Joyce's neighborhood. Joyce was curled into a fetal position in her bed, clutching her stomach and shivering uncontrollably. This is some flu bug I've picked up. Thank goodness for Gerald. There's no way I could have made it to the school. She shut her eyes and tried to sleep, but the phone on the nightstand kept ringing. Exasperated, she rolled over and held the phone to her ear. Hello, she whispered hoarsely. Hello, Joyce. This is Margaret from Sector A Elementary. Is everything all right? Please don't tell me Roxy got into trouble again. Roxy is fine. I just wanted to make sure. A man picked her up from school today. 
Yes, that's Gerald. I sent him to pick her up. I'm not feeling well at all today, Margaret. Did he give you my note? Yes, he did. She paused. I just felt like I should check. He was so peculiar. Joyce tried to laugh, but gasped as her stomach went into another painful spasm. Oh, yes, <laughs> he is a bit peculiar. It's perfectly all right. I, I sent him. They should be home any minute. Margaret paused again. They were supposed to go straight home, you say? Yes. Joyce turned her face away from the receiver to cough as the stomach acid made its way up her esophagus. Oh, you poor thing. You do sound ill. It's the, str <laughs> it's the strangest bug. Hit me like a ton of bricks. Well, they left about 20 minutes ago. I just thought it was a bit strange. Don't you live down on East Avenue? Yes, <laughs> that's right. Well, they were headed in the opposite direction. Joyce sat up, startled. Margaret, I have to go. Of course, get well soon. Joyce hung up the phone. It was already one o'clock. It shouldn't take this long. Roxy's school was within easy walking distance. A feeling of dread overcame her that was so much worse than the stomach spasms. She reached for the phone on her nightstand and dialed the emergency line, trying to keep the room from spinning. Sector A emergency operator, what is your emergency? Please, help, she gasped, swallowing back the vomit that was gurgling up her throat. Oh, my, my child, my child. Joyce passed out before the emergency operator could get any more information out of her. <laughs>